Hello, and welcome to the Folklore and Fiction Podcast. My name is Kelly McCath Morin. I'm a PhD candidate in the Folklore Department at Memorial University of Newfoundland, and I'm also a speculative fiction writer under the pseudonym C.S. McCath. The Folklore and Fiction Podcast and Dispatch synthesize these passions with a focus on folklore scholarship aimed at storytellers. You'll find the Folklore and Fiction archive along with the rest of my work online at folkloreandfiction.com. Interested listeners will find a link to the current dispatch in the show notes, where a more comprehensive record of this episode can be found, including a bibliography and other references. This episode of the Folklore and Fiction podcast was first published as a newsletter in August 2019. I'm recording it as a supplemental podcast now so that new listeners and subscribers have an opportunity to engage with the material. In it, I'm discussing the Märchen genre, with help from scholars Christine A. Jones, Jennifer Schacker, Jack Zipes, and others, helping you analyze a Märchen and discussing ways to bring Märchen to your storycraft. Folkloric Definition of Märchen The German word Märchen and the phrases fairy tale and wonder tale all refer to the same genre of short prose narratives, in which supernatural beings and other storytelling elements intervene in the everyday lives of people and in which the good are rewarded while the wicked are punished. Folklore scholars sometimes prefer the word Märchen to its alternatives for the sake of precision. After all, fairy tales don't always contain fairies, and there are many natural wonders worthy of tales. Märchen have also been called folk tales, but this phrase is used in reference to a wide variety of traditional narratives, so it's even less precise than the others. As with the child ballads, there are many variations of each Märchen type, because they evolved in oral traditions, quote, through the processes of imitation, memorization, replication, and recreation, end quote. Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm are perhaps the best well-known collectors of these tales, though it is important to note that the brothers Grimm sanitized what they collected for literary and ideological reasons, and that they, quote, could not resist the temptation to combine elements from different versions of the same tale, thereby creating a synthetic, conflated text that had never been told in precisely that form by any informant, end quote. We are more fortunate in the recently discovered efforts of Franz Eber von Schoenworth, whose documentarian instincts were stronger, and who preserved the visceral energy of the Märchen he collected. Because reward and punishment are important features of the Märchen, it's worth discussing the morality of the tales a bit, and that requires us to engage with them in various contexts. Christine A. Jones and Jennifer Shacker write that these consist of, quote, the social context in which a particular tale text is created or performed, the political or ideological context in which it is received, and the broader generic or discursive context in which the tale circulates, end quote. Simply put, Jones and Shacker advocate that we ask ourselves several questions about each variation of a Märchen. One, in what social context was the tale created? 2. In what social context was it performed? 3. In what political or ideological context was it received? And 4. How does it relate to other similar tales in circulation at the time of its creation, performance, and reception? These questions help us understand why the tale brands some behaviors good and others wicked, how morality shifts between tale variations over time, what national, religious, and other ideological trends influence the tale's audiences, and where the tale fits among other stories of the period. If you've read many Märchen, 
You already know the moral lessons of these tales can be problematic from a modern perspective. But this nuanced approach allows us to do more than frown at their old-fashioned sensibilities. It gives us insight into the relationship between the tale and the culture around it. And that's a useful thing to folklorists and writers alike. Extra credit. Compare and contrast your answers to the above questions as they relate to the 1959 animated film The Sleeping Beauty, and as they relate to the 2014 live-action film Maleficent. Both films are derived from the same tale type, ATU-410, The Sleeping Beauty, but their various contexts are quite different. This episode of the Folklore and Fiction podcast is a preview, and you can listen to the full episode on the Folklore and Fiction website. Just click on the dispatch link in the show notes, or go to folkloreandfiction.com and sign up for a free account. Thanks very much for your interest. Copyright 2019-2023. Kelly S. McCath-Morin. All rights reserved unless Creative Commons licensing is specifically applied.